You're with Pastor Troy right here. We're getting excited. We got a special program for you. You're going to be seeing over the next few weeks until we get ready for season two. You're going to be seeing the best of the On the Dock season one. These will be coming at you hard and steady. I want you to get them out there. Check them out. Help us get them out to your friends. We want to see you on YouTube, Spotify, and iTunes as well. But this is the best of, get this, the best of season one. Get ready for it. We're going to be coming at you with a super season two coming up this August. We'll see you soon. Enjoy this episode of On the Dock season one. Best of. Troy here with On The Dock. I got the On The Dock gang here, and we are looking forward to connecting with you today. You guys ready to go? Oh, yeah. Ready. Everybody's got refreshed drinks. Thank you, Crown Brew Coffee, for taking care of us. Go to Crown Brew in Marion. Get hooked up by these guys. We got cold brew on the table, hot brew on the table. Unnamed water. She has, hey, that unnamed water. If you'd like to sponsor water, you've got a water distributor, (laughs) something going on. We'd love to have you. Just give us a call. Reach out to Donna at info at onthedock.org. And for a small fee, we'll do product placement for you. On the Dock's all about you. And we're all about helping you explode in your faith. How about that? Uh, Just as a reminder that on the Dock, we have just one big goal, and that's to help you to have conversations with us to help propel you in your faith out into the deep. And our motto, our creed, is all about out of the shallows and into the deep. We're going to give you the tools here to help you get off the dock and out. Now, right now we're on the dock, so we're going to hang a little bit. We're going to enjoy some time <laughs> together. We're going to fill up. It's okay to be come in the bay and reload and get ready, but we want to get you outside, out the pass, and out there doing the great things of God. We need some Christians getting dynamic in the community right now. We need Christians to get ready to go out in the public right now. We need to bring faith back up. We need to raise the temperature and bring Christ back into the conversation. That's what we're about here at On the Dock. Um, so, hey, you can find us on our platforms. Number one platform, YouTube. We want you to join us on YouTube if you can. You get to see our pretty faces. And if you're on YouTube, we love you. We want you to subscribe on all of our platforms here you see listed. We want you to subscribe or hit notify, or we want you to like, or we want you to share. We want you to do everything you can so you can be a part of us each and every time. We try to get with you on Tuesdays and Thursdays. If we can, we'll have podcasts up regularly. And then Donna here will be putting that information out. Watch out through our social media sites. They are wonderfully Facebook, Instagram, Telegram, and Twitter. Check out those out and you'll find out we have regular information going out, how you can find our podcast, how you can link, how you can become a partner with us. And we always want you to go check out our Patreon site. Go to Patreon, download the app. You can find us on Patreon. We're a Patreon team at on the dock with pastor Troy. You can also go to our on the dock website, www.onthedock.org. And you can find our Patreon link there. Click on it and go there and find out how you can be a partner. If you get to be a partner and Hey, look, guys, we've got these crown boot cups, but I've got on the dock cups coming. Ooh. Now we'll have to not use those when we're sponsoring crown brew, 
But to be honest with you, we'll put Crown Brew in them even when we're not sponsoring. We love Crown Brew. But you do have your yeah. coasters. We Oh, yes. We're, we got these beautiful on-the-dock coasters. Uh, these are trial coasters. And you if you'll watch real carefully, we'll probably do some sort of promotional in the near future. And you can find out how to get your own. You, you might need one of these. They're beautiful. We have these coasters on here because Ben built this beautiful cottonwood table. And uh, we don't want to damage his beautiful cottonwood table, so we got on the dock coasters. And, and we're on our we're on our A set. This is our A set. We also have a B set, and hopefully you'll see us down the road doing something on our B set. And we actually have a C set in the room. You probably will never see that one here. It's an announcement set, but we are excited about this beautiful room and want to thank our team. I got around the table with me today. I've got our fine table. Let me see if I can. Let me see if I can. I got a great picture of all these guys here. Hang on, it's coming up. There it is. There it is. There is a picture of our incredible team up there, up top there. I'm Pastor Troy. Then next to me on the right here i go right to left this time is mother beth sitting to the right of me on the picture she's my lovely co-host mother of the church back in the back right corner today is donna kanuski donna is our executive producer and she is the one you can reach out and she'll tell you how you can get product placement she can she if you've got an interest or a question reach out social media she'll be your connect point and she'll make things happen and then up in the front here's my incredible co-host and the designer of this set he did a great job putting it all together is ben Adelini. also he Doubles as a worship pastor at Look Community at that Faith Church. Perfectly hairless face in that. Uh, oh, I mean, not hairless, but well, <laughs> shaven, nice and clean. Yes, young boy, young boy. But <laughs> thank you guys for being here. This is our on the dock team. You'll see them at different times, different places. But this is our main core team. We're here working with you on an incredible series that we're doing called the foundations of truth we're doing foundations of truth and we're excited about that so glad to have you here with us today just a reminder that we are working with the scripture as we study these foundations of truth we're kind of taking up a a series that I did on back called Walk in the Truth. I taught this back in February to May of this year. You're welcome to go back and go deeper into this. You can get in the archives at Community Faith Church. You can go to YouTube, find our archives. You can go to SermonNet. One of our host sites, SermonNet, has a great archive for Community Faith Church. And you can find that by going to www.coftv.com. And you can find all these series on Walk in the Truth. But we're having a deeper discussion here at On the Dock. We're about sitting on the dock and, and really going deep into these things, exploring them so we can help people get out and launch out and really make the truth a part of their life. And we're talking about absolute truth. So mm -hmm. let's just, just do a little reminder here. John 14, six is our scripture. I'm the way, the truth, big, the truth here, the, the absolute truth. I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the father except by me. So we're talking about what is this truth? And we've got into that on several episodes. Now we've talked about what is truth and we've looked at truth uh, by going into what it is. And we've looked at the definition. I'm going to focus today on the biblical definition. Uh, we've looked at the Merriam Webster's de definition, but biblical truth is that which is consistent. The truth is that which is consistent with the mind, will, character, glory, and being of God. Even more to the point, it is the self-expression of God. Uh, Beth said, mother Beth said, that uh, on the previous episode, when we asked us, what is God or, or what is truth? She says, it is. So we're talking about God, God is truth. And what are these things that fundamentally define who God is for us? That's what we've been looking at. Feel free to go back and check out our podcast, episode number two and episode number three. They're available in our archives on YouTube, SermonNet. You can find those on Spotify, iTunes. So check those out. And those are some great go back and get those details and get up to speed and be ready for us. So we're on episode, I see one, two, three, we're on episode four. 
Praise God, going well today. And we, we, we want to fine-tune truth. We're, we're talking about not just things that are true, but we're talking about the, we're talking about here's the concrete truth, the, 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 the bedrock, the most important ingredients. Like we talked about in one episode, if you're going to make bread, a, a basic truth is you have to have flour, water, flour, water, and yeast. It, you can add other things, sugar, and you can add flavings, and you can add herbs, but for it to rise, you have to have those three ingredients. So we're talking about the absolute truth, the core standards. And that is something that is true at all times. We, we understand the truth we're talking about in this episode is in all places true, whether you live here, Liberia, whether you're across the sea, whether you're rich or poor, it doesn't matter your status, black or white, whatever your background, we're talking about a truth that transcends all of our temporal things and all of our little innuendos. And it's a fact and a reality that does not change, cannot change, and it's not dependent on feelings and emotions. We're going to get into that real deep in our next episode because so much of what we see as defined as truth today really is not truth it's really how am i feeling today and, and what, what what do i want or what do i need it doesn't really get down to the bedrock of what god calls us to do and what's really the most essential things uh in life um and so we're talking about things that transcend culture transcend time and it's a universal standard and in the moral sphere we're talking about things that are, that are, find its source always in god and god's word and we talked about essential truth in the bible is not conformity to something else an external standard uh but faithfulness or reliability for, for the truth is it's actually God's standard. God is the truth. And so we're not trying to conform or get people to do this. We're trying to get people to accept God for who God is and what God called us to be and what he created us for and our purpose. So God is the standard. And we've talked about how there's two truths. Uh, there's this modern day taught, uh, whether you're a Buddhist or agnostic or whether you're atheist or you're a human secularist or maybe one of these modern day progressive quote Christians that don't really don't really accept the, 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 the orthodox teachings of our Apostles Creed. There's a lot of people out there saying there's many truths or two, or at least two truths. There's the conventional relative truth that I want. And then there's this absolute truth. And maybe there is an absolute truth. That's kind of a God thing, but it's so far out there that I don't really have to worry about that. I just got to deal with uh, what's going on with how I feel today. So we, we looked at both of those and what we came to the conclusion was, people, friends that own the dock. We are not about two truths. We're, we believe there's one truth. There are not two truths. So what we want to do is get into uh, these foundational core doctrines again. We started that last week with 10 truths about God. We looked at these wonderful truths that God loves you, that God created you. Number two, had a special purpose for you. God wants the best for you. God's timing is perfect. I think Beth said that was one of her favorites. God does not cause evil things to happen. God is a good father donna that was one of donna's favorites that god's a good father and i think when she was talking about that uh in the episode she really laid it down that said that god is for us and not against us he's always rooting for us i like that uh, god will provide all your needs number seven god is faithful ben kind of put the love of god number one and number seven together all right number eight together that god loves you and god is faithful and he says you really can't divorce those two that a loving person is faithful and, and he connected those i thought that was good and number nine god never lies he's a god of truth and God is just. So if God never lies and his Bible's the truth, his word's the truth, and then he's just, that means we're going to be held accountable to whether we do what he said because he said, do what I said or else. Not else in a bad way. It just, else we won't be blessed the way he designed us to be. Make sense? Yeah. That's a, it's a tough one. Those are good, basic, simple truths. So uh, last week we took on the Apostles' Creed for a minute. <coughs> Historical teaching of the church. I mean, historical creed goes back to early apostles, disciples, and um, 
the the disciples of the, the disciples apostles in that third generation they began to be worried about whether the church would lose its moorings it would lose who it is and then ultimately what would happen is true faith would be lost the truth would be lost so they wrote it down the apostles creed became the the sorry the apostles creed became the the that's a good tea crown brew does that <laughs> As we break for a moment. Yeah. Got a little, little air. Cheap plug. Oh, sorry. Maybe they can, in post-production, they can put another sound effect in or something. <laughs> wow. The Apostles' Creed was written to be the baptismal formula of the early Christians so they could separate themselves from the other faith groups out there. The other, I've used the example that if Christianity is ice cream, then there are other faith groups, say, let's say Mormons, let's say Buddhists, let's say those are ice creams and yogurts and different like desserts, kind of creamy-ish, but they're not ice cream. So the Apostles' Creed was written to separate what was truly church, Christian church, ice cream, from what was all the other posers, so to speak. Mm -hmm. So that's what the Creed was written for. And it, it was written that day to filter out two different cults of the day, but it now to this day will stand up and show you who the real church is over against every version of faith that's tried to be put out. It, the creed is past the test of time. So we talked about that last week, kind of as we wrapped up. And as we go into part three today, um, we talked Oh, we talked about the creed last week. Being uh, I, Donna used a lot of these words in her language last week uh, in the last episode. She said that, that the non-negotiables, these... Um, these things that are just so solid uh, to stand with the non-negotiables. We shared our support beams that we believe that these creedal statements, these things we're going to talk about today, these foundational doctrines, we're going to expand on them. They are untouchable, unchangeable, unmovable, and unnegotiable. And we think that kind of says it all. They're beyond us. So we just kind of got to get with the flow, get these into our DNA. Then we can launch out into the deep and really be about the things of God. We got to get those things. I think we got to get those things resolved before we leave the, the dock. We've got to get, make sure you've got a life vest, make sure you've got a lifeboat, make sure you've got fuel for the journey, food for the journey, and your boat doesn't leak. So we got to make sure our boat doesn't leak. Most of all, you don't get even get out of the pass. So that's what we're about in this episode is looking at the things that make our vessel solid to get out amongst the things of God. And uh, we're going to we're gonna get into that. So we talked about these eight core values last week. They're up on the screen here if you're able to look at that if you're online or listening to uh, audio only. We're talking about things. We're going to get into this one by one, the Word of God. So be thinking about that, guys. What's your response is to the Word of God being one of our core truths? Think about the next one would be the foundational doctrine. That would be specifically the doctrines lifted up in the Apostles' Creed. Some of those things will be repeated, but the creed lists very clearly some strong, very set doctrine that defines what the bowl is going to be. Is it going to be ice cream or not? And the creed defines who we are as the church. And then, of course, the sanctity of life, the sanctity of Christian marriage, God-given identity and, and sexuality. We're going to talk about the worshiper, the tither, the server. We're going to talk about the passionate and faithful follower of Christ. Uh, and we're going to finally talk about the daily truth walkers as great commissioners. GCers is my short-term language for people that are of the great commission, getting out, out of the dock, into the deep. So let, let's talk about the first one, guys. Um, we'll, we'll just open up the discussion here. We're going to start with the word of God. And when we say the word of God, I, I, I don't want you to be confused. Hebrews 4.12 says the word of God. The Bible, the Word of God, the Scripture of God is alive and powerful. It's sharper than the two-edged sword, cutting between the soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. The Word of God is that thing which 
knows us before us, that spoken into us, created us, and it's the word that when God speaks at the end, he'll say, enter in, well done, or he'll say, it wasn't well done. You, you, I know you not. And so the word of God is going to be that thing that shapes us. And we, at Community Faith Church, that's our host church here, we say before we read the scripture every Sunday that we believe that all scriptures God breathed. We say, we say in 2 Timothy, it's inspired by God, it's useful for teaching what is true to help us realize what is wrong wrong in this decision would be against the truth and it corrects us it helps us get back on track it, it, it corrects us when we are wrong and it teaches us to do what is right and god uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work uh, this is a little different version than we use but this is the new living version and it's so all scripture it's there to correct us and it's there god uses it to keep us on track so just as you think about that for a minute where does the word of god fit in your truth formula your absolute truth formula for you I think it itself is an absolute truth. I mean, it's it's unchanging, it's unmoving, it's it's like no matter where you are, it's always something you can. It's it's the foundation of what we believe. It's what God, oftentimes, maybe not all of the time, but maybe usually speaks to us through, if we're, you know, in it. I right, think so. I, for me, it's a primary way. Yeah. I know you as a worship leader, you can, yeah, could the, be, the could lyrics, be theory, yeah. but so much of the lyrics of what you bring to us in worship platforms is birthed out of somebody else's devotion in right. the scriptures. Right. Mm -hmm. So very few of the, 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 the worship stuff you see right now doesn't have some sort of scriptural base or come mm -hmm. out of that. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I think that's true. So that's where liturgy, liturgy, we talked about being kind of an old bad word, but it's really a good word for worship. But modern day, we think of worship. I think in worship, we can learn a lot of scripture just to how we sing it. Mm -hmm. who, who else got something else on the Word of God? Well, for me, it is foundational, but for me, it is also something I need to remember not to add to or take away from, because there are different trends that come out that, um, in different faiths that come out that want to add to or take away or just take part of the full Old and New Testament, and it's important to me. I, I get a little defensive um, and protective whenever I uh, hear someone who is spouting something that is not in the Word as doctrine, and that is not okay for me, with I, me. I, I always tell people, right. when, I always tell people when they're quote, when they're, when they're giving me their ideas, is, is that a biblical, are you, are, you're telling me how to live is what you're saying in the word. And I need to be, if it's in the word, I need to do it. If I need right. to correct, I need to repent. I need to whatever. Fine. Is it your, is it in the word? Or are you giving me maybe an educated opinion, or maybe you're just giving me your loose opinion right. and we're just having coffee together. I always distinguish between level one, level two, level three, Le sure. level one, meaning I I've got to live on that. That that's, that's like the boat won't leak. And I won't drown. Level two is, well, let me think about that a little bit. That's some good thought, but, but I don't know if it's God said, but then and level three is like, well, I, I wish, you know? So you're saying that the word of God don't take away or, or minus it. Meaning we need to know what really God said clean. Right. right. Don't, right. don't, don't reinterpret it. I, I do, you know, a lot of people take, see the Bible today. There's so many translations and like I read today. And some that, of them aren't great. And some of them are great. And some mm -hmm. of them are beautiful because they, because it's sometimes you interpret by word, but a lot of Hebrews by phrases right. and how that was interpreted 20 years ago and how it's interpreted today would be different. Yeah. And so we're not talking about language different. No. And so we're talking about the theme, the spirit of the Bible, the words of the, the word of the Bible, because mm -hmm. I find, you know, I'll tell you, this is a terrible translation here. Let's use this word instead. And it doesn't mean the other can't be used. It just means this is much more richer, more correct. So we're not right. talking about the word of God as far as the translation, we're talking about the right. word of God as in the logos. Right. Correct. Anybody else? 
Let's I, go. I like the one thing you showed the that version that it tells us where we're wrong. Oh yeah, yeah. We we, we don't want to be told we're wrong. <laughs> I I go back and hit that. Yeah. All scripture is inspired by God, and it corrects us. Verse sixteen. It corrects us when we are wrong, and teaches us what to do. It teaches us to do what is right. Yeah, and God, that part hurts. That's yeah, not very popular. Yeah, maybe I need to switch and start using this one on Sunday mornings. I, I like it. We it may, stings. We yeah. may have to switch because we use the NIV currently, and uh, that's really good. Our New King James now, so that's excellent. Let's yeah. go to the second one. This is a little richer, so we'll have to be a little quick here. But let's just get some highlights. But we've talked about the creed already. The Apostles' Creed has a bunch of big doctrines behind it. So we take the whole creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. Jesus Christ is the only Son. We do that stanza. The last part is I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. Okay? Uh, if When you take that whole creed, that classic creed that goes back to 150 AD, that was the baptismal formula of the early church, it breaks down to about 14 biggies on the wall there now there, there there's a lot of subs in there but these are the 14 cores it, 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 the creed itself is a trinity father son holy spirits in the creed creation i believe in god the father almighty creator of heaven and earth free wills in there because i believe in amen or at the end i believe in amen so the whole thing is a belief statement uh and you have to choose of your free will whether you do agree. it's like the, the guy I was talking about from highland i said you've said this your whole life and you, you you're going to say it this sunday next sunday but you want me to change this for your daughter mm. you either agree and believe or you don't believe and agree and he said it's irrelevant his daughter hadn't sinned the problem is you either believe it or you don't believe it and so that's pride Pride comes before the fall. Uh, original sin, uh, the depravity of man, because that's Jesus came to die for us, so that's in there, the death, the burial, the atonement. Uh, Jesus Christ is in there, of course. He's both son of God and son of man. He's born of a virgin named Mary, but he also ascended. So he, he ascended, so the, he's son of God. The atonement's in there, the death, you know, the crucified, dead, and buried. Uh, the resurrection, we see it in there. The ascension's in there. Justification by faith, you don't see it spelled out there, but you see it. it, it justification's a fancy word for salvation. And you see the whole concept that I believe in the Holy Catholic Church, communion of saints, forgiveness of sins, resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. That comes through salvation, your justification, your belief in this whole thing. And then the word of God, of course, the word of God's not mentioned here specifically, but this was before the New Testament was written, so to speak. It was written, but it wouldn't put together. This would have been the words of God and Jesus taught to them. So I believe in I believe in these words. Um, the church is here, the second coming, the, the resurrection, uh, the, the judgment, and then finally eternal life. You see these 14 key things. Again, there's a lot of sub things. As you look at these, where, where are we doing, let's just say this, where are we doing good and where are we doing really bad today in the church at living these out? Where's a, a highlight for you and a low light? Mm. Well, where are we doing good? Um, where are we doing bad? As the church? As the church. Okay. As the whole church, not, not not just picking on community of faith, where we our host church, but but we're talking to the larger faith community. Where are we in the community of faith today? The larger community. Where are we strong? I I think. Let me just give you my two cents. I think we're really weak on the understanding of number one, the Trinity. I think the Trinity is getting lost. We've just kind of muddled around, and God's kind of out here, and this Holy Spirit's kind of something over here. I don't think we understand that God intentionally yeah. has interfaced with us in multi-ways to connect with us, and we cannot get past the fact that God loves us, he created us, that he sent his son to rescue us, and his son is him. If you've seen him, you've seen me, and he is 
even at his departure, he sends back the Holy Spirit to be with us so we can get out in the deep still and do the things of God. So we cannot get away from the fact that God is with us. He's omnipresent with us. He's been with us through the ages, and he'll continue to be with us. So I think that's one. I don't think that's rich today. I think a lot of people are dropping issues on that. Um, I think the other thing that's really kind of weak today uh, in the church is probably the concept of free will. I think a lot of churches, a lot of churches today have decided that God's already decided, so I don't really need to decide. I just need to kind of live and be a good guy. But the problem is, uh, I just don't believe God chose before time who's going to heaven and who's going to hell. And I don't believe he would have sent Jesus Christ, his only son, to die for me and say, John 3, 16, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him, if he actually had already decided to send Donna to hell. Yeah. Why would he say whosoever, but then not exclude Donna in the writing? So it looks to me like we have a contract with God that all those that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, not just all those that he's pre-written in the book of life will be saved. I do believe God knows who will be saved, but I do not believe God made the decision for me. I believe that's my free will gift from God, and that's what his love did. His love gave me the choice, which means he gets true love from me. And his true love gift is letting me decide. So those are my two things. I think we're weak on free will, and I think we're weak on trendy. I think we're probably good on uh, the concept of, oh, gosh. Hmm. I don't think we're good on a lot. No, I think, I think for the most part, I think the church does a good job focusing on the life of Jesus and his, his role. In the, you know what I mean? I think As a good guy, good teacher. I think that's a teacher. pretty common, like most churches Christian churches kind of have that one. I agree with that. Right, you know, yeah. But see, the early Gnostics did too. They liked the, te the teachings of Jesus, the idea of Jesus. He's a happy-go-lucky yeah. guy. Yeah, I think Jesus is a positive thing. It's a connecting point. I agree. But yeah, I would agree with you too about this free will. That was one that stuck out to me is kind of, because there's so much division about that in general, the predestination. Right. And, like, it's so commonly divisive in the church. Mm -hmm. So many arguments. Um, one other thing I noticed that I think is interesting is that, like the Holy Spirit is mentioned in the Apostles' Creed, mm -hmm. but it's like the Father and the Son. Like there's there's sort of like descriptions, mm -hmm. like Jesus Christ, the Son of God and Son of Man, and the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Catholic Church. Like it just sort of, you know what <laughs> I mean? The it's just, just sort of sprinkled in there, but there's not a lot of substance. Well, if I, that makes any right. sense. If you back up and think about it, when the Holy Spirit's described, the Holy Spirit's sent to empower us. So I, I was taught this in, in one of my classes years ago, and I think it's actually is very descriptive because this Holy Spirit was sent to be our, our kind of nurture. The Bible says a, yeah. the helper, the word actually in the, in the, in the Greek is paraclete, which is comes from the word cleat, like on a shoe, not and like it, the bird. No, no, no. Paraclete. paraclete, like a shoe that pushes you forward. So, so when you think of, I believe in the Holy spirit, I believe in the Holy Catholic church, the spirits in the church that helps us push forward. I believe in the, and the, the Roman Catholic church, the Holy spirit, the Holy Catholic church, the communion saints, the church is in other believers, the spirits in other believers that help propel me forward. Uh, communion saints, the forgiveness of sins, the Holy spirit's, there to let me come back when I've upset the father and I've walked away. Yeah. The Holy Spirit's there to kind of rescue. It's a lifeguard. So when you look at the the last one, you kind of see the Holy Spirit in its different places sure. of residency versus it kind of being, you know, God built this, Jesus rescued us. Now the Holy Spirit's in, in these various institutions and opportunities to help the vessel stay, you know, worthy. Hmm. Um, I think the church has been really weak too on the concept of creation. Hmm. I don't think we've stood firm on that. And I think that's caused a lot of the other issues. 
uh, um, amongst the conversation. We've yeah. really struggled with that. And, and, and that's really, that's huge today when we start talking about creation and, and, and how we're created, the, the earth, the planet, and how God set us up. It's right. huge. Yeah, right. I would agree. To bounce off of what, what you said, I think that the original sin and um, free will, that flows towards atonement. Because uh, so many times, even in Christian faith, we have Christians who stand in judgment of people who are living in what the Bible calls sin, Mm -hmm. and we condemn them. Or you have the predestination where it doesn't matter what they do, they're either predestined to go to heaven or hell. And that all leads me to, well, then what was Jesus for? Mm. you're denying that you have the original sin and you're denying that your free will led you to a place where you have to come to the knowledge that Jesus paid the debt for your sin. And you have to acknowledge that and accept his uh, sacrifice. And so I don't know that the atonement is being taught correctly in some of even big churches that say you're a good person. God is love. He doesn't want you to go to hell. So if you're good, you're going to go that, that totally bypasses why Jesus, Jesus came right. and why he suffered for us. And so I think there is a, a disconnect. There's a, a missing link. You know, I, I was thinking about acceptance of need for help or atonement mm-hmm. is tough for our pride-filled people. We're Absolutely. a pretty pride-filled people today. And we, we really want to deny that rather than humble ourselves and realize we do need help. He but did I help think, us. I think Beth had it right. Creation. I went to the Creation Museum and uh, one of the ideas there was that if we can be attacked at our core belief of creationism, then the rest will fall. Right. That oh, is yeah. the very first gate. And if they can get under our skin and make that crumble, then everything is on the on the table to be um, disconnected and disassembled. Right. So th- that's a really good note. We'll maybe keep that for our roundtable discussion later. But creation is the fabric of our system. Mm-hmm. You know, and if, if that thread falls, it all falls. We'll, we'll come back and talk about that. The creed is like that too. The creed has like 17 statements in it. If you take anyone out, I can show you very carefully how the whole faith collapses. It's sure. like pulling a card out of the bottom of a card stack, or if you've played one of those Jenga games where you stack up the wood. You know, if you pull this out, I think creation is one of those that's like taking the bedrock out. You take creation out, you start messing with it, right. you mess with the whole thing. Yep. Let's go to number three, sanctity of life. Uh, I, I know this is big. It's controversial. We're going to do some podcasts on life and pro-life issues. We're not here to argue. We're not trying to do that. We're just going to present what the Bible says, what good what good teaching does, and we're not we're not having debates in this. But we believe in the sanctity of life. That's just flat. Yes. That's there because you know God says. Let me just show you. I decided to be simple on this. Exodus twenty thirteen just says you must not murder. <laughs> I I don't have to get whether you go, you know pre uh, like. Like life in, in in the womb or life at the other end, we're just not supposed to be killing people. Right, and that's a pretty that's a four word sentence. You must not murder. Now we can argue there's times of capital punishment. There's provisions for that in the Bible. But as far as me and you and us, just on our own as individual individual people, unless we're defending our own life. There is no provision for us to murder. Unless we're defending my death, which is keeping me from being murdered. That's the only exception is I can, an eye for, I can defend myself. But the key is nobody should be trying to make me defend myself because we shouldn't murder. And if you go deeper, Jeremiah says, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. In other words, every person you've got to understand, we must not just murder. We can't murder because God created every person in this room, every person that we're talking to. Every person's been created for a purpose and plan. And when we take that life at any stage, we take away what God's purpose or plan is. 
God's not called us to be, we're not called to be God. God's God. We're called to trust God. So how do you factor in that one on the sanctity of life? Let's keep it simple on it. But, but where do you, how does that fit in your DNA as a Christian? I don't, I don't honestly know that I have a lot to add to what you said. Mm-mm. We're for it. We're for it. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, and you, would you guys agree this is one of the most controversial subjects in our society? It, it's huge today. The, the life issue is. Yeah. It's I think huge. identity yeah. is bigger right now. Well, I, I, I would identity's past that. I agree. But it, it's still in the top three. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and part of the reason identity's past that because the life issue has been decided. Right. We're, 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 everything's pro-choice now. You can do what you want pretty much. And so we're just moving up the logical spectrum. Right. But my point is, being in one of those top issues, though, it's really not that hard of an issue when no, you just dis- be cut and dried simple. When you decide that the rock is the rock and the absolute truth is the absolute truth, you just go back. Let me just go back and I'll put that one more time up. Exodus twenty thirteen. You must not murder. If you take that for what it is, then there you are. Well, right? we're we're devaluing life. Right. Absolutely. By and, by bites, and, little and, bits and pieces. And there's there's rare instances where we can consider that thing. If I'm threatened, if you're threatened, we're called by our government to protect a nation that's going to be put in captivity. There, there's capital punishment to get rid of somebody that's damaging the community. But there are rare exceptions, and God notes those exceptions. Mm-hmm. And He says there, you know, He says where those can be made. But as far as just the day in day out, you shall not murder. At any point in time when it's called life. All right, let's go to the sanctity of marriage. That's a big one right now. My mm-hmm. goodness. That was, I would say that last one was probably 15, 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. This is probably the last 10 years. It's mm-hmm. still not the hottest thing yet. This was the previous hottest thing. Right. All right, the sanctity of marriage. And let's take a look at what it says on that. The Lord, the God said, it's not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. So the Lord God formed from the ground all the wild animals, all the birds of the sky. This Genesis 2, 18 through 25. He, would, he brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And the man chose a name for each one. He gave names to all the livestock, all the birds of the sky, all the wild animals. But still there was no helper just right for him. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. While the man slept, the Lord God took out one of the man's ribs, closed up the opening. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib and he brought her to the man. At last, the man exclaimed, this one is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She will be called woman because she was taken from man. This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife. And the two are united into one. Now the man and his wife were both naked, but they felt no shame. I want you to think about that text, powerful text on the whole concept of the, the sanctity of marriage. What, what does that speak to you? Where, where are you at on this? And what do you think God's word is? Is God's word clear on this? Why are we so confused? Why this is maybe one of the biggest issues that's inside the church walls currently. I think a lot of the other issues that's hot right now are still a little bit on the outside pro-life issues, highly divided the church in some ways, the progressives from the Orthodox. But I think this issue is really almost destroyed the mainline churches the, the the caving to this issue and denying and if you think about it we're looking at genesis 2 so you're not going far in the bible before if you abandon the sanctity of marriage you've abandoned god so what do you think guys i think this is one that the devil's worked really really hard to mm. destroy mm-hmm. um and it it's 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 like cultures becoming more and more confused about it as time goes on. Like for instance, right. I was at was literally at a restaurant with Jaden, um, younger guy in our church. You guys obviously know him, 
um, graduated high school this past year and we were getting lunch after we were working on a project and our waitress came up. I don't know. I told you guys this the other day, but came up and was just having friendly conversation. She's like, what are you guys, you know, it was just after a holiday had happened. It wasn't Memorial day. It was a little before that. And she's like, Oh, what'd you, what'd you guys do for, you know, do last night? What'd you go out and do? And I was like, it was kind of like, no, I didn't, it's hard to kind of get out when I have a three-year-old and five-year-old at home. So, you know, we, we just kind of chilled at home and she, she was like, Oh, that's so cool. You have little kids. So do you and your, uh, like the mom, you guys like split the kids like half and half or like, how's that work? (laughs) And I'm like, Oh, I have my wedding ring on. Like, you know, I'm not, I'm like, well, we're we're actually married. You know, we've been married and, Mm -hmm. We're both both at home, and she's like, "Oh, that's so cool! Like you just don't hear a lot about that anymore." And <laughs> you're like, almost archaic. She was shocked that we had a normal relationship, right? Um, and are married and both parenting the kids. It's like mm-hmm. out of the ordinary. I, right. It seems like right. the the root of the family has been attacked in this, and it's the confusion has caused really almost ambiguity. In yeah. family and in connecting to the church and disassociation, it's really very heavy. Others, other thoughts? It's a challenging word, the sanctity of, of marriage. It's a challenge today. Well, I think with the instant gratification of uh, the idea of instant gratification in our society now has really led us on an emotional roller coaster. And so if we're not happy or if things are not the way that we want them to be or smooth sailing, we can just jettison that relationship and, and it's okay. It's just we don't have the idea sometimes of the long race. It's not always going to be easy or smooth. And so it's hard. It's hard because I, I had a friend who is going through divorce and I was talking to my oldest daughter about it and, um, and one of her friends. And the thought process was, well, if she's not married, life's too short. If she's not happy, life's too short. Get out of that. I'm like, but it's not, marriage isn't about always being happy. Right. Happy is a state of mind that comes and goes. And it marriage and being committed is a day-by-day commitment. It's you have covenant. to recommit every single day. Yeah. And it's a co- exactly, it's a covenant. And that's a sacred word for us. But yes. so many times it's not considered sacred anymore. It's just a an add water and here we've got a marriage and mm, it mm-hmm. didn't work out. So mm-hmm. I'm three times divorced and I've got five kids with six, six different people. And, right. you know, it's just an emotional covenant for people it's an emotional agreement for a short time that can always be rejected or reversed yeah i think the idea of a covenant in general in our culture has just been shattered right right a a covenant that's sustainable beyond generations that's a great word i think i think everybody wants a momentarily agreement Mm -hmm. but that agreement can be changed at my feeling or emotion anytime i want to right you know what i mean the concept of covenants disappeared i would agree shattered the the understanding is i i I do think this and we're going to wrap up here in a second about about 60 seconds and we're going to continue this discussion so we'll carry four of these over into the next episode (laughs) and then get to our round table you guys are doing a good job but thank hey thank Thanks for doing that hard work here. I, I do think the word there that we're in a very confusing culture, Ben, and everything's in your face today. And almost the traditional, the biblical approach, the truth approach, the absolute truth is 
conventional relative. I'll do what I want. And then, oh, yeah, the oh, God thing's over here, but he's really busy and old. It, it, it's almost seen as strange for you to be biblical, almost an old fuddy-dud. And I don't think that's true. I think that's because we've lost the importance of how, how, how God wants us to live and what's best for us. Here's, here's what I was thinking about. You're talking about when you add to that confusing culture and you take Donna's concept of instant gratification that's led us to abandon and eject over and over. In other words, we want to start over. We just go, ah, it's not working. I'll start over. I'll start over. I'll, I'll start my job over. I'll start this over. I'll just do a do-over. And, and we do that thinking there's no consequences. And, and I, I'm not advocating. I'm a pastor. I've been a pastor for th- over 30 years. There are people that come into my office that marriages are wrecked. Their marriage, it may have started good. It may have never started on the same principles. Maybe they've changed. And there are times when I've had to say, y'all need to separate. You, you're beating each other. You're hurting each other. You're doing more damage than good. You won't go into counseling. You won't try to correct it. You know, you're just going to, you're going to just scorch the earth and just destroy your children. That's never what a pastor wants to say, but sometimes you just have to send people to four corners and and just hope for the best. Mm -hmm. That's not the God answer. The God answer is that we would humble ourselves and let him come in and change our hearts, change our marriages, restore things. And if people are open to that, I believe God can heal marriages big time. I'm a big believer in that. And I, and, and, but I think the problem is we all have this mindset because we don't do long covenant anymore. We just do short, quick memory. We have this idea that every time I want something wrong, I'll just eject it and start over like that's easy, but we don't realize it's not baggage free. It comes with more baggage. It comes when when you, when that young lady chooses to have an abortion, it it, it sounds like it's an easy answer for the future, but honestly, it's going to create scar tissue that every day that they wake up after that, there will always be the what if, and every memory of every child will put that what if there. And all you have to do is talk to mothers of all ages and they'll go, man, that seemed like an easy decision at the time, but it's been an eternal baggage that I've had to carry. And it's tough. Save Christ. Christ can get you through it. Christ can set you free. Christ can forgive us of all our sins and thank God for that. But we think there's going to be no baggage if we divorce or we do this. And I'm just going to say this. The reason we do it is because it seems easier, but it's not. Because most of us today don't want to do the hard work of conflict resolution. Hmm. Conflict resolution with Jesus, humbling ourselves, getting connected back to him. We don't want to work through relationships, work through the fact that we have an unannounced pregnancy. And now we got to do the hard work of figuring out what God's going to do with this incredible opportunity. And so we don't do conflict resolution. And we, in other words, we don't do deep work. Right. We don't do anything deep. We just do this, what I call, uh, one author writes, called shallow freneticness, frenetic shallowness. We just run from here to here, bouncing off, just trying to do the easy thing and get through life. And unfortunately, you don't get through life. I think you just have to go around again until you get it right. God mm-hmm. is not going to let you pass through. He's not going to let you pass through. It's like wilderness. 40 years in the wilderness, right. go back around. He's going to make you go back yeah. around again and try again. So let me just wrap up with this. Going out of the shallows into the deep, what we want to do is get out there and make the voyage good. And if we don't do it right, God's going to bring us back like the prodigal son. You're going to have to repent and start over and rebuild. Yeah. And I just don't think, I think it's okay to do that. If you're in that situation, come home. Right. Come home, find the forgiveness of the Father. You, your your story can become a testimony that will heal others. And it can you can get a victory through this. But the one thing you're not going to do is squeak it past the father. Right. He is a God that loves you. He's faithful, but he's also just, and he has certain guidelines and he is just not going to turn his back on life and marriage 
and all these core doctrines, I think they're important. So we're going to wrap up for today. We're going to come back and take on these other four here real soon. Uh, we're going to pick up in our next discussion at these bottom four, God-given identity and sexuality, worshiper, tither, server, passionate and faithful follower of the way of Christ, daily truth walkers. Those are going to be things we're going to get into in our next uh, podcast as we wrap up this foundational truth segment. And I just want to remind you of these things. You can find us anytime you want at onthedoc.org org on the doc.org. You can reach out to us at info at on the doc.org and get information from us, reach out testimonies, share, uh, just, just reach out in any way. If you want to become one of our sponsors, you can get information that way. You can find us at YouTube, go like us, share us, subscribe us, notify, comment, do all those things. Uh, comment and likes and notifications really help us out. Go to iTunes, Spotify, download our podcast, get them coming to you on those Tuesdays and Thursdays. Check out our other partners, Google podcasts, Facebook, Roku, Rumble, and SermonNet and get on our social media, Facebook, uh, Instagram, uh, Telegram, and Twitter, and let us know how we're doing and, and just share your thoughts and your testimony with us. And finally, get on the doc, check us out, and become a Patreon partner. We want you to be a sponsor, partner with us, help us thing go further. And last but not least, as we wrap up, if you don't have a church home, oh, if you have a church home, get to church on Sunday. But if you don't have one, we'd love to have you here. The host church here is Community Faith Church. We'd love to have you. We do worship at 10 o'clock on Sundays, 6.30 on Wednesdays. We meet at 5208 Meadowland Parkway in Marion. We'd love to have you. You can check us out. Find us on our website at coftv.com. Or if you can't get here, you're traveling, you're around, around the planet, we have a full virtual campus. You can watch us at coftv.com. You can check us out also on the Community Faith Church Facebook or YouTube page. So we th- want to thank you guys for helping us. You guys did a great job today. And we'll have you guys back. We'll wrap this up in part four of the foundation of truth. Thanks for joining us on the dock with Pastor Troy. Check out our other our archive podcast and we'll see you on our next episode. Peace.